At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Sattenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter, at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We have game number three of the NBA Finals coming up here on Wednesday night. It feels like it's been forever since uh, these two teams have played. Well, it was Sunday, so we went Monday, we went Tuesday. It just feels like it's been a while, right? Uh, these games spread out so much, but... Celtics, Warriors, Boston minus three and a half for this game. And it's interesting because, you know, you look at where the market is for this series and it's Celtics minus 115. It probably should be a little higher, to be honest with you. Looking at three and a half in each game, probably going to be the same, right? Three and a half in game number three, three and a half in game number four, three and a half in game Number six, well, that's ten and a half points over the Warriors. And the Warriors were three and a half point favorites in game number one at home. And game number two, it was a little higher, but I think it was a little higher because it was the situation, right? The zigzag and the desperation of you lose game one at home you lose that home court advantage, you can't go down 0-2 and lose both home games. So I think that was baked into why the spread was a little higher than the 3.5. So let's say, let's be aggressive and say it's going to be four points for them in game number uh, five and game number seven. Well, that's eight points to 10.5 points. That's still a a 2.5 point difference in favor of the Boston Celtics. So, why I feel like the Celtics should be much higher than minus 115 favorites. Just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I've been on the Celtics in this series from the beginning. I still am. I think there was something to the Celtics in the second half of that game. And yes, the Warriors have been so, and I'm talking about game two. And yes, the Warriors have been so good in the third quarters. But there was something to maybe the mentality. And I talked about this earlier this week. that Just human nature comes in. When you face adversity, and like the Celtics did in the second half, they, they were playing with a little bit of house money. 
they had done their job. They stole home court by winning game one. And so they lacked the intensity and the fight needed to come back because they didn't need the comeback. They're already in the best situation. They're up, they're tied, and they have three of the remaining five games at home where they're favored in all of those games. So it's interesting to think about how this team looked in that second half in game two and how they respond here in game three. It's also interesting. You can also, you can put it the other way and say the Warriors were in control of game one. And it wasn't until the final five minutes of the game where the Celtics went on that incredible 17-0 run that they won the game. Like, did you feel throughout that game that the Celtics were going to go on to win? And I don't know if I felt that way watching it. But then watching them dominate the fourth quarter, well, I felt really good about the Celtics. And then watching them compete in the first half of game number two, I felt really good about the Celtics. Second half of game two, not so much. That was kind of like, all right. Don't really feel good about this team yet. But coming home, getting the boost from their fans, hoping for a bounce back from Jason Tatum, who has looked awful in the first two games. Yeah, he scored 28 points, but he's looked bad in both of these games. You got nothing from Al Horford, nothing from Marcus Smart in game two. In the second half, no one really did any scoring for them. I think you're going to get bounce-back performances from everybody here in game number three. And feeding off of that crowd, I mean, this is where you look to back the Celtics. The Celtics haven't lost back-to-back games, or they've only lost back-to-back games once in almost six months. They've won 13 of 14 games after a loss. They've covered 12 of 14 in that span. And since January 23rd, that's the moment. Since January 23rd, Boston off of a loss, 13 and 1 straight up, 12 and 1 ATS. So uh, you have a plus 15 margin in those games that they were 13 and 1 straight up, and 10.6 ATS margin. I mean, and plus we know the spread doesn't really matter in these playoffs, and it certainly hasn't mattered in the finals since 2010 is the, the stat that's been going around the internet with the, you know, last, uh, you know, all the games in the NBA finals that were lined up as six or less, the team that's won the game, 62-0-1 against the spread. So the spread hasn't mattered. So I'm not worried about laying the three and a half with the Boston Celtics. I think the Celtics are the spot. I think the Celtics win, and the Celtics are going to cover. Um, and, you know, looking at them after a loss in these playoffs alone, 6-0 and against the spread and straight up, 5-1 and in the first quarter. And I think it's interesting because I think the Celtics do start out very, very well. The first quarter for this game 
is set at one and a half, minus 145 for the Celtics. That's a premium to pay. And they're making you pay it because they know the stats. And everyone, they know that the public is going to be on the Celtics and expect them to start out strong. Even though the betting splits have shown tickets and money are on the Golden State Warriors. But yet the spread hasn't moved. It's still three and a half. If it moves to three, even better. But looking at the Celtics to start out, you know, um, fast, they're two and a half point favorites in the first half. They are three and a half point favorites for the game. But one and a half points favored in the first quarter, one and a half point favorites in the second quarter. In the third quarter, though, and the fourth quarter, the Golden State Warriors are one and a half point favorites. Warriors third quarter is an interesting angle. They've been great in the third quarter. However, you don't play that at 125 now. At, at, I'm sorry, at minus one and a half now. You just don't. What you do is you wait until the first half plays out because let's say the Celtics are winning by five, six, whatever it is at the end of the first half. Guess what? The Warriors third quarter number gets a little different. The second half number gets, you know, why lay one and a half for the third quarter when there's a chance that you could lay one and a half for the entire second half with the Golden State Warriors? It all depends on how the first half plays out. So I think you wait and see how the first half plays out, and then you can look at what the second half line is going to be. And if you like the Warriors in the third quarter, you might get the same line here. You know, you might get a different line than having them lay one and a half in the third quarter. I mean, you might get, let's say it's a close game, maybe at the half. Maybe you get the Celtics as a favorite in the third quarter. I don't know. But I don't think that the move is to bet them minus one and a half for the third quarter right now. Although what I am seeing is plus 125, which might change things. So I think if you like the Warriors, maybe wait for a second half play or take a look at something that is, uh, you know, like a third quarter or whatever. But the Celtics early could be the, the play. I think the Celtics just win the game, but I also like the Celtics early. And I wonder if there's hmm, game props. Celtics double result is minus 110. So it's not, you know, it's it's okay. But the game line is Celtics minus 160. Double result is Celtics minus 110. Here's the here's an interesting one. Celtics first half, Warriors to win the game is five to one. That's pretty wild. But I I, I do like Celtics both uh double Celtics first half, Celtics for the game. Um and from a player prop perspective. Well, this is where I think things get really interesting because who bounces back from their game two performance? Or really, if you look in the case of Jason Tatum, from game one and game two. Because from the efficiency standpoint, 
He's been bad. We're going to talk to Gilles Gallant. Uh, will join us coming up next. Gilles is from FTN Bets. Does a ton of player props. We'll get his thoughts on a possible Boston. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Celtics bounce back in this game number three coming up here on Wednesday night. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Celtics laying three and a half. Total has been pushed down a bit. It is at 212 and a half. Game three of the NBA Finals coming up here on Wednesday night. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free to play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, you're made better. 21 and over only, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joining us now from FTN Bets, he is Gilles Gallant. You follow him on Twitter at GDog. That's D-A-W-G-5000. Gilles, thanks so much for giving us a couple minutes here on the look ahead and when it comes to Game 3 of the NBA Finals here on Wednesday night between the Celtics and the Warriors, I look at the way that the Celtics played in Game 2, as bad as Tatum has been, I, I got to believe that there is a bounce back here from the Celtics. Are you buying into a Celtics bounce back here in this game? Absolutely. I mean, I think we were seeing this all through the playoffs that Teams are kind of being able to uh, make certain adjustments and put themselves in the best position to succeed. Now, Boston... A lot of the time, surprisingly, those uh, wins after losses, they're surprisingly coming more on the road than they are at home uh, this postseason. They've been road warriors, um, no pun intended here in this spot. But I think as well, one of the things that we're likely seeing is just how well um, they're managing the game off of a loss. 
they're never usually trailing. There was only a few minutes in uh, in uh, Game 7 where they were trailing against the Heat uh, there at the end of the game uh, before they put it away. Um, even against Milwaukee, they showed that kind of grit where they were leading pretty much the entire game. And that's why the average win margin in those six wins is sitting around 15.5 points per game. And right now you're seeing a full game spread at 3.5. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who are looking at this trend and seeing that Boston is likely going to have a decent bounce back here in Game 3. Do you uh, like them in the first half or the first quarter possibly as well? I, I do, um, but I think, uh, see, this is the thing. I find the first quarter spread and the first half spread uh, – I feel like the first quarter should be closer to like a pick em, but right now we're sitting at minus one and a half. Again, that's not really a, a huge indicator, but it is showing me that right now that uh, they are showing strength for the Warriors coming out in the first quarter if you're looking at a one and a half and then comparatively to a three and a half spread full game. So I do like the idea of taking either a first quarter spread at minus one and a half or minus two for the first half, but I honestly think this is a game that Boston takes. I, I prefer to just take the full game at minus three and a half with how close of a spread we have. From a player prop perspective Jason Tatum has been terrible uh, I don't think there's any way that you can say that he hasn't I know he put up the double digit assists in game one and he had 28 points in game two but from an efficiency standpoint defensively he's just been awful when you look at his player props here for game number three do you lean on a bounce back performance from Tatum and even though he did go over his point total by a half a point last time do you think it'll be a little more, uh, pr uh, I guess, profound this time? Not necessarily. And I was actually one of those people that took the over on his prop, but I decided to get a little cute. And I took the 30-point milestone at plus 140, thinking I was being slick, <laughs> and ended up costing me. Same thing, a lot of people had the same issue when they took Steph Curry in game two. His over-under was sitting at 29 and a half, and he finishes the game at 29 because we see a blowout in the NBA Finals. I, I do think that Tatum will get his points. I'm just not sure if I'm willing to go for the 30-point milestone again. I think you're probably better serve to take the over now you will have to probably likely take a little bit of juice on that a minus 120 minus 125 um, but Tatum has shown that he is going to be the focal point of the offense his three-point attempts even though he was struggling in game one and then started to come back in game two in the first half. Um, he has shown that he is not shy. He is going to pull the trigger. He's going to take at least, I would think, eight to ten three-point shots in game three. So just based on the volume alone, and uh, also you could probably see maybe a little bit more of a friendlier whistle. You could see in game two he was trying to get those free throw attempts, and he was just not getting the calls. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into debates about how the refereeing mm -hmm. has been so far in the finals, but I'm just saying that there is usually more likely a friendlier whistle in the confines of Beantown. So I do think he'll get to that 30-point plateau, but this time I would recommend that if anybody's looking at his points prop, just take the over on the points prop. Don't try to get cute like I do sometimes and take those milestones. How about someone like Jalen Brown, who has really proved to be the second scorer, if not the primary scorer for the Celtics at times? Absolutely. And again, I think... Uh, well, what probably surprised most people is seeing like a like a 26-point outburst, 30-point uh, outburst from Al Horford in game one. Uh, but a lot of those points were scored in the fourth quarter. And it's kind of funny how these two games have come down to essentially the third quarter. Uh, and, and if anything, the fourth quarter in game one, but then the third quarter in game two. And I'm not sure if that's going to be the case again, what we see in game three. So I think you could be a little more confident in playing some of these stars um, for points props because I, you're not probably not going to see that blowout again. Maybe maybe like a 10 to 15 point lead, but nothing like where you're seeing, uh, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and the entire starting Celtics starting five, not even playing after the 11 minute mark of the fourth quarter. Um, 
So a, a Jalen Brown, absolutely, especially somebody who uh, really in both games, uh, in game one, he was the one who triggered the, the comeback. And then in game two, he came out firing. And then once he kind of got this little ticky tack fouls and uh, started getting into it with Draymond, it almost seemed like he just kind of uh, uh, fell out of flux there. So I do think Jalen Brown is a solid bet, but I do bank more on Tatum to get his points just because I think Tatum is a better three-point shooter than Jalen. While I have you, let's talk a little NFL. I know you posted some win totals and some uh, offensive player of the year bets. What have you been uh, cooking up here for the NFL? Yeah, honestly, I I was looking at a few win totals for this season, and you know, when I was looking at, uh, I took a couple overs and a couple unders. So the, the unders, I know a lot of people, I'm a big Dallas Cowboys fan, but I know what my team is, and mm. there is no way to me that they are an 11-win team, just I, at least this, this season. So I'm right now, I'm leaning towards an under 10.5 at minus 115. That might still be good enough to make a wild card spot, maybe even win the division, depending on how bad the rest of the teams are. I mean, I know a lot of people are banking on the Eagles for a big, strong comeback with a lot of the offseason moves they made. And then, of course, Washington being able to pick up Carson Wentz. Um, and then you were even talking about the last time we talked about maybe there's a comeback player of the year spot for Daniel Jones yep. and whether or not that might be a case uh, as well so that division is going to improve which makes me lead to believe that the Cowboys are not just going to be able to run through the division the way they have over the last few seasons so that leads me to believe that we're going to start to see a little bit of an under and I think the the other thing too especially with the Cowboys is um, Amari Cooper even though you know he's a little more overpriced and probably isn't as productive as some of the higher end number one wide receivers in the NFL it can't be just overstated how much of an impact in the receiver room and then just as a safety blanket for Dak Prescott he has been this season now that's moving up to CeeDee Lamb is taking that role now Michael Gallup is going to have to expected to be healthy for the entire season Dalton Schultz right now is going through off-season contract negotiations and who knows how that plays out and if that plays out well and you know if that put kind of puts Dak Prescott in a position where he's not having those luxury of pass catchers that to him and maybe pouring more emphasis on a run game from a declining Ezekiel Elliott uh, that leads me to believe that's a nine to ten win team at best so I'm looking for an under there uh, but for an over uh, this might sound like almost like uh front runner behavior here but i kind of like the patriots to get at least nine wins uh, this year at minus 120 um i'm not really going to just count them out i mean they were in a position where they were this close to winning the afc east last year and uh you know beat some pretty good teams now they kind of fell flat near the end of the year but again there's no way that i'm when i'm sitting at a line of eight and a half for a win total for a bill belichick team um if as long as it's not over like minus 160 to the point like where it just feels unbettable um i'm gonna take that so i like the patriots to go over at nine and a half or at uh, eight and a half wins and i like the cowboys at under ten and a half at minus 115 i like those both uh and real quick what about an offensive player of the year winner yeah so i'm going with a pair of former lsu tigers man like for me it was the value because i think a lot of people they'll look at cooper cup and they'll immediately think okay well he's in he's in a prime offense he's going to be able to put up numbers but in order to kind of win this back-to-back like there is no marshall falk in the nfl like that's the last Mm -hmm, time that somebody mm -hmm. won back-to-back and Basically, a lot of the time now when it comes to NFL Offensive Player of the Year, you have to essentially break records or get very close to it. Like with Michael Thomas, the way he did the year before, Cooper Cup, you know, second most receptions and second most receiving yards in a regular season. Um, So the two guys that I like the most, just I feel like I'm trying to catch the tail end of a comment here, is Justin Jefferson, a wide receiver with the Vikings, 
and Jamar Chase, the reigning offensive rookie of the year with the Bengals. You can get Jefferson right now in the range of plus 2,000 to plus 3,000 for offensive player of the year, and Jamar Chase in the range of plus 3,000 to plus 4,000 on the year. And, uh, you know, both of those guys finish with huge, you know, yards after catch. Uh, they can blow up and put up two or three touchdowns in a game. Uh, there's just a lot of room for uh, value at this stage. And you're looking at this early schedule. Part of the reason, too, why you want to bet on offensive player of the year now before we get into the two or three week mark of the season is um, you're looking at a guy like Jamar Chase, who's playing the Steelers and the Cowboys in the first two matchups, two pretty high profile matchups. Um, if he comes out and gets, you know, 200 yards receiving and three touchdowns in two games, you're going to see those odds get slashed in half, mm -hmm, like maybe even mm -hmm. closer to 15 to one. So part of it is almost trying to get a little bit ahead head of the market on this so a jamar chase and a justin jefferson for a lot of the same reasons are two guys that i think that are on the cusp of being able to win nfl offensive player of the year makes a ton of sense Gilles, appreciate the time and the conversation enjoy uh, the rest of the nba finals you too as well scott hope to be on again with you soon he's Gilles gallant from ftn bets i'm scott seidenberg this is the look ahead here on vcin the sports betting network VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Summer Special is here. For only $39, you get everything VSIN has to offer from now until the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at vsin.com, and subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets. Jonathan Montobo will have best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil will break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VSIN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com slash summer. Scott Sandenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead on vcin, the sports betting network, and let's take a look ahead to the Major League Baseball schedule here for Wednesday. You have two day games at uh, 12.35 Eastern time, the Tigers and the Pirates from Pittsburgh. It'll feature uh, Alex Fajardo getting the start for the Tigers against Mitch Keller for the Pirates. Pirates are minus 115 currently with a total of eight. At uh, the other day game is going to be, I guess, at 2 o'clock. Uh, Eastern time, Royals and the Blue Jays from Kansas City. You got Brady Singer on the hill for Kansas City against Yusei Kikuchi for Toronto. Toronto is minus 150 in this spot. Kansas City has uh, not scored a run in this series yet. They uh, were blanked 8-0 in game one of the series. They were blanked 7-0 in game two of the series. And this is, well... It's kind of a getaway spot because the Blue Jays are going to get out of town and leave St. Louis after this game and head to Detroit, but they do have an off day on Thursday, so it's not like they're rushing to get out. Um, I still kind of don't hate Kansas City here. Looking at Kikuchi and um, 
his numbers so far gave up four runs last start out. Let's look at some advanced stuff here. Um, let's look at his advanced numbers and see what we got. So he's pitching this year to a 391 ERA, but a 457 FIP. And his ex-FIP is a little lower than that, 405, but his expected ERA, 5.40, which is not that good. Brady Singer, meanwhile, he's his ERA is 4.15. His FIP is 3.8. And his expected numbers here, expected ERA of 3.88, expected FIP of 2.69. This is a case where the pitching advantage actually goes to the Kansas City Royals, as Brady Singer could be a guy that is due for some positive regression, uh, getting some luck on his side a bit. He's pitched better than his numbers would indicate. So you got a day game spot. You got kind of a, 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 a half getaway if you will, because the, the, the Jays are, you know, going for the sweep, but also looking to get out of town. Even though they have the off day on Thursday, it's still getting out of town. I don't hate taking the Royals at a little plus money price here. Right now I'm seeing on the DraftKings Sportsbook, Royals plus 130. I don't hate it with Brady Singer on the hill against Kikuchi. Like I said, the only thing that does worry me, though, is that the Royals have not scored yet in this series. So... Cold bats are cold bats. You know, they, they say hitting is contagious. Also, not hitting is contagious as well. Uh, you got Merrill Kelly on the hill for the Diamondbacks in Cincinnati against the Reds. Mike Miner gets the start for the Reds, and he it's his second start of the season. He made his debut last Friday against the Nationals, and he was tagged for five runs on six hits in four innings. He gave up three home runs. And um, you would expect maybe this guy to be a little bit better in his second start, but he wasn't that great in his rehab starts in the minors either. So I might consider an over spot here with the Reds and the Diamondbacks at nine and a half. We take a quick look at the weather report for this game. Want to make sure we let's see the wind report going on right now. Uh, let's see, you got, am I on the right day? June 8th, okay. Hmm. All right, no wind affecting, uh, swirling winds, it looks like, seven miles per hour, so nothing really affecting the ball there. Honestly, I just look at Mike Miner, and he's a guy that I didn't want to bet on the last time he, um, he they played, and the Reds, We've been documenting this, right? We talked about it earlier. Highest scoring team at home this season. They are averaging close to six runs a game at home this season. They have scored at least four runs in 21 of their last 22 home games this year. And so just thinking about that, just backing the Reds to kind of score I mean, let's pencil them in for four, right? If they get the bare minimum, because like I said, it's for at least four in the 21 of 22 home games. Well, I think the Diamondbacks could get four or five. 
against Mike Miner, a guy who was not good in uh, his first start coming back from the injury. So I would consider maybe an over nine and a half in this spot. Let's continue to look through uh, the board here. You got the Mariners and the Astros. Logan Gilbert against Jose Urquidy. Uh, The Astros getting the 4-1 win behind Justin Verlander as he struck out 12, and they avenged a loss from uh, the first game of this series on Monday. And so Urquidy against Logan Gilbert. It's actually a it's actually a pretty good uh, pitching matchup. Looking at Urquidy's advanced numbers this year, he's pr- pretty pretty similar to what his uh, real numbers are. 4.76 ERA, 4.45 FIP. Expected numbers, uh, actually a little bit worse. He's got an expected ERA of 6.09 this season. Meanwhile, Logan Gilbert, uh, arguably, has been the top pitcher for the Mariners, a 2.22 ERA, a 3.09 FIP. His expected ERA, 3.6. Expected FIP, 3.59. You could argue Mariners have the slight pitching advantage here going up against the uh, Astros as uh, Houston is minus 140. Uh, it's Sandy Day. It's my favorite day. There's no line on this game just yet. Marlins and the Nationals. Don't know why. I don't know why. But scheduled Sandy Alcantara against Josiah Gray. Sandy Alcantara has been the best, one of the best, if not the best pitchers in Major League Baseball. The dude is pitching to a 1.81 ERA. Uh, uh, He's striking out. 8.56 8.56 batters per nine. His batting average on balls in play, his BABIP is just 246 against. He's got an 80.1% left on base percentage. And this dude is, he is pitching. He's on, he's on real right now. There's, it's no surprise. He is one of the favorites for the National League Cy Young Award. And let me just get a little updated odds here on the NL Cy Young. Sandy Alcantara is right now the second favorite behind Corbin Burns. And I think that I'd rather have Alcantara because Burns hasn't exactly put up fantastic. I mean, his numbers haven't blown you away, but he's the reigning Cy Young Award winner from last season. And he's kind of just pitching a little similar kind of level. But Alcantara has been the guy. And he's at 650 plus 650 right now. And uh, I love this dude. I'm going to keep backing him. So I'll see what this line comes out as, but it's going to look like a Marlins first five spot or maybe a full game spot, but I'm going to back Sandy uh, here. Um, And maybe a guy that I'm looking to not back is Marcus Stroman. Cubs are favored at the Royals, at the Orioles, excuse me, once again. Chicago minus 135. Jordan Lyles on the hill for Baltimore. Marcus Stroman who in his last start got roughed up for nine runs on 10 hits in four innings. How do you bounce back from that? And how do you lay money with a guy coming off of that performance in a ballpark that just saw seven home runs get hit here on Tuesday? 
We'll continue to look through the Major League Baseball board. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN contributor Jeff Siegel is coming off a winning Preakness pick, and now you can get a $25 bet to follow him in Saturday's Belmont Stakes. All you got to do is sign up for First Bet, the preferred horse racing app of VSIN. Go to vsin.com slash horses for details on this exclusive offer for VSIN fans. That's vsin.com slash horses. Use the promo code LVBELMONT. And then join Jeff in rooting for his pick in the final race of this year's Triple Crown. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network, as we continue to go down the Major League Baseball board here for Wednesday. And uh, left off talking about the Cubs and the Orioles. I just don't know how to back Marcus Stroman here at minus 135. Uh, no line out between the Cardinals and... At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. The Rays, it's going to be Corey Kluber on the Hill Fort Tampa going up against Packy Naughton. That is like one, that, that's just an incredible name. Like, it's, it's part of the all-name team. Packy Naughton for the Cardinals um, is going to be making uh, his, I guess, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh appearance this season um, for the Cardinals. He has started in uh, just two games, though, for them this season. And uh, total... Um, in his game logs, he's gone, let's see, three and a third. He won against Baltimore, allowed three runs in uh, those that one. Uh, last time out against San Diego, went two and a third, allowed just one run on two hits. So a bullpen guy uh, could actually, you know, shut down Tampa and, and play the opener role, and we'll see what the Cardinals decide to do with their bullpen and, and who might be the bulk guy. Or maybe Naughton is stretched out and he goes a little bit longer. Certainly, I would give the edge right now to Corey Kluber. Uh, Kluber actually had a nice start his last time out. Um, he went six innings, allowed just one run to the Texas Rangers. And then before that, six innings of one-run ball 
against the Yankees. So Kluber back-to-back decent starts there for the Tampa Rays. You got Rangers and Guardians. Dane Dunning against Shane Bieber. Bieber for Cleveland. They are minus 160 with a total of seven and a half. Ian Anderson gets the start for the Braves, who are heavy favorites against the A's. Atlanta minus 240 with a total of nine. Jared Koenig will be making his um, season debut here for the A's. Uh, I believe the rookie uh, getting the call up to get the start here from the minors. So keep an eye on that. Maybe do a little research and to see what he provides. But the Braves are massive favorites over the Oakland A's. Nasty Nestor on the hill. My guy. Nestor Cortez and the Yankees will look to continue their winning ways. I believe they've won seven straight games now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yep. Seven straight games for the Yankees. Nestor Cortez will take his 1.5 ERA to the hill against the Minnesota Twins, who will respond with Chris Archer. The Yankees are minus 180 right now on the run line. Yankees minus 105. You would imagine Yankees on the first five run line could be a short price, maybe minus 115, maybe minus 120. Could be something to take a look at. Let's see if I can get an early line at one of these books right now. Let's see. Yankees, Twins, first five. Let's go run line. Yeah, minus 130. So they might make you pay a premium here with Nestor Cortez on the hill. But the dude's been lights out. Dodgers take on the White Sox. Tony Gonsolin for L.A. against Johnny Cueto for the Sox. L.A. is minus 180 in this spot. The Phillies who have not lost since firing Joe Girardi. Uh, They are minus 135 in Milwaukee against the Brewers. Aaron Nola on the hill for Philadelphia. Adrian Hauser goes for Milwaukee. The Red Sox looking to win once again over the Angels. The streak now at 13 straight losses for L.A. Reed Detmers goes for the Angels. Nate Yavaldi for the Red Sox. Boston minus 160. Here And this could be a Red Sox spot. Mike Trout might not be in the lineup. Left the game here with the lower body injury. We'll have to see an update coming up on uh, Wednesday as we get closer and closer to that start to determine if Trout's not in the lineup. We certainly don't like the Angels. So, uh, man, this is uh, some troubling times here for L.A. The Mets take on the Padres right now. San Diego minus 125 with Sean Manaya on the hill against Chris Bassett for the Mets. I would recommend jumping on this now because this line is going to go up. Um, Starling Marte left the game with an injury. He is not go- He's most likely not going to play in this game. Pete Alonzo, who got hit on the hand with a pitch, is probably going to be out for a while. So I, I-, I-, I would... Bank on no Alonzo in the lineup and no Starling Marte. It's got to be a, a Padres play here. This is the um, uh, lots of uncertainty here for the Mets. Let me read you some quotes here um, from Buck Showalter after the game. Uh, so x-rays were negative for a fracture for Pete Alonzo, but he is going to undergo further imaging. So... Maybe they dodged a serious injury, but so no fracture. 
Buck Showalter said, quote, hopefully we can get lucky with both of them. We'll see. Uh, Marte left with left quad tightness. So not a, a tear, but just tightness. Um, Buck Showalter was asked if he foresees absences of only a day or two for Alonzo and Marte. And he said, quote, I love your optimism, but I don't share it at this point. But we'll see. That is a telling quote. Buck Showalter's response, quote, I love your optimism, but I don't share it at this point. That means that he feels that it's going to be a a couple of games at least, if not a longer stretch for Marte and for Pete Alonso. Uh, neither a player was available to uh, the media because they were undergoing testing. And this is what uh, Anthony DeComo writes on MLB.com. Quote, Showalter, however, said that he spoke with Marte immediately after the game, indicating that he was still at Petco Park. The manager also said that Marte was scheduled to undergo his MRI on Wednesday. The spokesman did not respond to messaging seeking clarity, shrouding the entire situation in an additional layer of uncertainty. Now that's troublesome, I think. When teams are um, a little quiet when it comes to the injuries, it's usually not a good sign. Um, Initial x-rays came back negative, but Buck Showalter acknowledged afterwards, quote, x-rays sometimes don't always reveal hairline fractures or other small breaks in the hand, end quote. And I think he's actually right about that because, like, he's going to have to undergo a little bit more testing once I think the swelling goes down. And I'm sure that he had some swelling right after the injury occurred. So, uh if no, again, but let's just look at this from Wednesday's perspective. Right now, the overnight line, you can get the Padres at minus 125 with Sean Manaya on the hill. And I'm going to have a Mets lineup without Pete Alonso and without Starling Marte. I think the Padres in the move because I, this line is going to be minus 150, maybe minus 170, maybe minus 180 once the lineups get announced here on Wednesday. And then Rockies and Giants, uh, Sanzatella for the Rockies, goes up against Alex Wood. Giants are minus 215. I like the Giants in this spot, Um, especially bouncing back after a loss. That would be the way that I would kind of take a look at this Giants team and and Alex Wood backing him rather than Sanzatella on the road. Coming up this morning on Follow the Money, Jeff Seely, golf handicapper. I'm sure he'll talk about the 54 tour, which is, I don't know why we're not calling it more. Forget about live. 54 tour. Just sounds so great. Uh, Ray Rotto from 95.7 The Game in San Francisco will join the program. And uh, Bob Ryan from the Boston Globe at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, both Rotto and uh, Bob Ryan, I'm sure, will be talking about the NBA Finals. Game number three on Wednesday night. I'm going with the Boston Celtics, and yes, I'll lay the points. Why? Because it don't matter. We, we gave the stats out. 62-0-1 ATS, the winner of an NBA Finals game where the spread is six or less. So give me the Celtics here in game number three. 
I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.